Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number four. In this episode, moms talk about summer reading programs, listener feedback, more about Charlotte Mason education, and the moving beyond the page curriculum. <laughs> Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, mom, can I have a drink? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Where are my shoes? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And And we're we're the Savvy Homeschool Moms. We've been gone for an extra week this time, unfortunately. We had some technical difficulties. I'm sorry. Hey, um, it wasn't your fault. My my internet went out um, on Thursday, la- not last Thursday, but the Thursday before that. And um, I called Comcast to come out and fix it. And um, they were supposed to come out on Sunday. And it turns out that Saturday night, my husband thought he had gotten it fixed. So like a <laughs> dork, I called and, and uh, canceled the appointment on Sunday morning. And unfortunately, it was not fixed. And so we had to call back and make another appointment. And the new nurse appointment was on Tuesday. So, like, it took forever to get it fixed. You know what it turned out to be Hmm. was there was a wire from where the the wire goes from the pole into the house that was burned on the end. Oh. And so it would sometimes connect okay. And then the Internet would work for a minute or two. And then it would get jarred again. And then it would not work again. And so he just came out and replaced the wire, and yay, we're back in business. But unfortunately, by Tuesday, I was kind of already up to my elbows and other things that needed to get done. So, right, right. <laughs> yeah, and then everything just, we couldn't coordinate, and it just wasn't happening. So we figured, well, we'll just do it at the regular time on this, this next weekend. So there were two weeks in between these episodes, but more to talk about. You know what they say is absence makes the heart grow fonder. So. Oh, sure. <laughs> We actually have people responding and 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 uh, talking to us online now. So yes, it's so exciting. <laughs> we like it when people send us messages and things. We like to hear from you guys. So bring it, keep it coming. We can uh, you can always reach us at moms at savvyhomeschoolmoms dot com if you want to just email us directly. Otherwise, just go to savvyhomeschoolmoms dot com and you can comment on any of our blog posts or. Um, yeah, and leave a review on iTunes, that kind of thing. Yep. Or like one of our friends has been uh, messaging us on Twitter. Oh, yes. yes. Which is nice. This is very nice. So Yeah. So how was your week yeah. this week, Tina? Well, this week, well, not so good. The week before, not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> how was your two weeks, actually? I know, two weeks, yeah. Well, the first week we were finishing up schooling, homeschool stuff, um, and the weather was actually not so bad also. Oh, yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah, going back and forth. Um, let's see. So the week before, yeah, we were still doing schoolwork every day. Oh, trying to. Actually, I kind of was getting really bad about having us do the stuff that we needed to do. So I, <laughs> I felt really bad by the end of the week. I was like, all right, that's it. We have our last meeting that following Tuesday. Um figured it we'll do it over the weekend didn't do it over the weekend so i'm like all right monday you guys have to catch up on the things that you didn't do last week because i got to show something to teacher bobby and we did a little bit but we didn't do much and we had our last meeting and it was fine just like always we did plenty as always excellent and then i just was like this freeing moment afterwards when i went i don't have to write anything down that they're doing because i have to she wants me to track it everything that we're doing which is I used to think was really cool because I like to have everything tracked but it is really a drag to have to remember to write everything down yeah it's a lot of work so it is I'm happy to have the summer where they can do whatever they want and we'll read stuff still and we'll watch movies and whatnot but I don't have to write it down so exactly (laughs) and that's really nice we're still going to be doing math I actually right after that that meeting we came back and I sat down with our math books and uh, we use Math Mammoth um, work texts and um, it has uh, all of the information is all in a, like a workbook format and love it. I think it's really great. And um, so I actually got really, really anal and sat down with those books and said, okay, we need to be done with this by the end of August. So mm-hmm. how many weeks do we have? We got 12 weeks. Okay, let's see. How many pages do we have to do each day? Or <laughs> actually, I figured 
for the week, and then I broke it down, but if we don't do the right amount of pages per day, it's not a big deal as long as we get, like, you know, 11 pages done per week or whatever. So we'll see how it goes. I would uh, not be at all surprised if we don't stay on track, but even if we don't, it's still, we're still getting stuff done, so I feel good about that. So, But I actually sat down with a stapler and, a, <laughs> and, a, and post-it notes and... Um, paper clips and I got all each week written out you know Fantastic. like <laughs> sorted it all out I'm like we need to have this done by this and I'm like Becky would be so proud <laughs> I know that sounds so great I'm so proud of you for making that plan I know well it's just one subject so I can handle one subject at a time <laughs> there you go we'll see how I do in the coming year well and the whole thing is you get you do it with the one subject and when you see how successful and everything it is mm-hmm. that'll motivate you to do it for the other subjects I hope so I hope I, I'm I, I'm really it's really hard for me to maintain that's yeah. the hard part for me so so you know as time goes on hopefully I'll get better at it so we'll see I'm always much happier when I'm more organized anyway so hopefully that'll be a motivation enough for me to stay on task and you know I definitely am doing much better now that we're with a charter than I did on my own because I have yeah. the impetus to you know not that my charter doesn't really care if we stay on track with this, that, or the other thing. It's just to show that we're doing something. Right. But but I have my own goals that I want to fulfill, so it inspires me. I know I have to get stuff done and and return uh, or uh, report to somebody, so it makes me continue doing more stuff than I did before. So it's just it's like Weight Watchers. Yeah. You yeah. know, when you're on Weight Watchers, if you do it online, you know, you kind of are like, okay, well, this is okay. But if you have to go and stand on that scale every week, yes, you're definitely more likely to do what you're supposed to yeah, be doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It's it's really, it's definitely helped me a lot. I'm And, and it's gotten us into the habit. I figured this week, not, not this week, this year was um, kind of our starting to actually have kind of a routine, even though yeah. the routine is still kind of loose. It's much more structured than I used to be before I signed up with the charter. So it was kind of our learning year. And then then this next year we'll hopefully we're already in in the habit of doing schoolwork regularly now so it will be something that um, will be a little more organized I think in this next year especially since I have you in my life again now (laughs) there it is (laughs) not that you were ever out of my life but you're more (laughs) actively in my life now with this podcast and everything we we seem to be actually ever since I started up with the charter I think we've had more in common again I think so yeah (laughs) so that's been really cool I think it's been very you're a very positive influence on me so well thank you (laughs) and so throughout this week we actually um started reading some new things too that's another thing that got kind of exciting is my kids have gotten really into Enid Blyton books have you ever heard of Enid Blyton Ah, uh, you have to give me titles I'm terrible with authors um yeah you probably it's an it's a she's an English author and she's written like 150 books so no, <laughs> probably written... not then <laughs> yeah she was from like the 1950s oh anyway, yeah no, I, I found her books um when I was a kid and I started reading them loved them and then I saved saved them I still had them and started reading to my kids recently and just in this last couple of weeks um we finished up one I think and we're really sad because I had it was like the last one that we had it on our shelves. And so I had to go out and buy and some more from um, Amazon because they didn't have them at the library. Unfortunately, they have a couple, but she's got all these different series. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a British book. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, I mean, a British author. And uh, I don't know what it is about the books, but I loved them and my kids love them. And they're mysteries. They're, they're always like a group of kids, like four or five kids. And they always have some kind of a, like a mystery to solve. And then we, we read one where there was like, they were staying in a, a home for the summer and they fit, discovered that there was a kidnapped kid next door in the oh, attic. Wow. And they had to, you know, and it's really cool because it's like 1950s and everything was like really, like there wasn't anything super scary or super violent or anything in it. It's like very tame. Um, uh-huh. You know, and these kids, like the whole time I'm thinking from the perspective of a mom, they're like sneaking into the house to try and get this kid out. And I'm going, what happens if the bad guys find you? And I'm imagining, <laughs> you know, 2000s type movies and and my kids are all like, you know, don't have a clue about any of that stuff. So right, I was like, right. what's going to happen? And then it was like, they didn't, they didn't get caught or when they did get caught, they just said, oh, we're going to keep you locked in this room or, you know, it was like yeah. no big, nobody got beat up or anything. So I was like, hey, this is good. I can do this. <laughs> so I hear that the, some of her other books that are for a little bit older kids might not be as tame, but we'll see. So we got into that. And then when we ran out of Enid Blyton books, which I highly recommend if anybody wants to go check them out there. Um, there's a whole, uh, we'll put the links in the, in the show notes. There's a whole website that lists all of her, all of her works and, 
it's just she's it's just really cute and mm-hmm. actually pretty i would say kind of um literary literary wise i'd I'd say it's pretty good quality books too i i was actually surprised because a lot of the books that i loved as a kid i go back and read them to my kids and i'm like this is kind of fluff but this they're they're pretty good i think they're pretty good so (laughs) (laughs) so then we got into dinotopia which is another series i highly recommend and have you seen those books before uh yes actually those books i think we have one or two of them i think yeah they're like coffee table books and it never occurred to me I had them for years and it hadn't occurred to me to read them. And then I did read them at one point before I had kids, I think. And so then I remembered that these are really, really good stories too. And they have just beautiful artwork. The artwork is just outstanding. It's like a society on this island where dinosaurs and people live. Yeah. 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 Really gorgeous pictures. And the story is really, really quite good too. And there's, there's spinoffs of it too. There's some chapter books I need to get um, that are like spinoffs of that series that don't have the artwork in it too. So, uh-huh. so they're all into Dinotopia now. So that's like a really exciting thing. And, uh, and then another thing that we did over the last two weeks was watch the movie dolphin tale. Have you seen that? I haven't. No. Oh my gosh. Highly recommend it. I have not seen a movie that good in so long. It was so good. And I'm like really, really picky about the movies that my kids watch uh-huh. and I don't want it to have any kind of violence or anything in it. And, um, and and then my kids are really sensitive, so if it gets kind of intense or scary, they get a little freaked out. Um, but uh, this one was totally tame, completely wonderful, and I was like choked up through the whole movie. <laughs> it was so touching. It's about it's the story of a dolphin that gets beached and its tail's wrapped in a rope, and it ends up losing its tail because it's so damaged from the from the rope damage, and uh, so it's like missing a tail and it can't swim properly, and oh. it ends up getting a. Um, you didn't hear about that when it came out. It was really, I thought for sure you had. <laughs> you, I, it doesn't movie sound person. familiar it at the moment. It doesn't sound familiar. But... Wow, that's funny. Because <laughs> you're such the movie person. I know. Um, yeah, but it's a true story. It's actually a true story of a dolphin oh. in, uh, I want to say Florida. I think it's in Florida. Um, and uh, yeah, so it loses its tail. It can't swim properly. Then it learns to swim by making its tail go side to side instead of up and down like they're supposed to and then they Uh find out that that's actually causing damage to her spinal cord and it's going to kill her if she keeps swimming that way so they have to figure out how to get her to to, I'm, I'm doing i'm making the motions with my hands like anybody can see me i know right that was like me earlier i'm i'm nodding my head like you can see me (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so they end up finding a guy to make a prosthetic tail for her. So it's like this big thing about this. Yeah, it's so good. And they have big name. Morgan Freeman plays the guy who does the prosthetic. And um, Harry Connick Jr. is the dad who's like in charge of the rescue center, the marine animal rescue center. And it's just really, really, really good movie. There's a couple other names I can't remember right now, but big names in it and just really really sweet movie highly recommend it and and you know what it's i was thinking as i was watching it with my kids and i didn't pursue it further but although we may still there's so much you could take out of that educationally too you can go in and learn about the real winter because the dolphin's name is winter you can go in there's a website seawinter.com they mentioned it in the movie and while we're watching the movie i'm putting it on my phone i'm like it is a real website it is a real (laughs) place you can go in there and there's a website and there's all kinds of information on there and you could learn about dolphins you could learn about rescuing animals and what that entails there's so much you could pull out of that movie too if you want to make it into a whole like unit study or something you know about dolphins and so that was really really cool and then the last thing that I just wanted to mention was Memorial Day was a really big deal for us this year. Did you guys do anything for Memorial Day? Uh, no. We had a barbecue. Yeah, we normally don't. But my husband has, uh, for a long time, has wanted to take my kids to go to some kind of a service or a, f- or a parade or something. It was a really big deal to him. He really wanted to. I'm not sure exactly why, but he just was really, it f- felt like it was an important thing. So we actually went to Fresno... Um, What's it called? Fresno Memorial Gardens, I think. Uh-huh. It's a big cemetery out in the out, out, outer edge of town. And um, they had a whole ceremony, all these military... They, they had, like, you know, of course, the 21-gun salute, and they had the... And they had bagpipes. And, oh, wow. Yeah, there was, like, 20 people playing bagpipes and kilts and everything. And there was a lot of people there, all kinds of stuff that was happening and music played. And it was really interesting because it brought up we, – we are just talking to our kids about what Memorial Day is and how I grew up in the military and how their bompa, my dad, was in the Navy growing up. And mm-hmm. he didn't go to war, but he's a veteran, um, you know, and talking about – 
pointing out some of the uniforms saying, yeah, you know, to the Marines over there, my, you know, got to talk to them about how my dad was in the Navy, but he worked with Marines, so he wore the Marine uniform, and it was just really fascinating, and then it was like a blast to the past for me, too, because seeing all the, the military stuff, because I, I yeah. did grow up in the military, so my dad joined the Navy when I was seven, and was still in when I moved out, so um, he's retired now, but, but uh, yeah, so it was really interesting. I never pursued Memorial Day. It never really was something that I felt inclined to pursue i'm not sure why you'd think with my dad in the military we would have but yeah i just didn't so anyway it was really cool and it was a i see for future years that that could lead to some other um you know some topics of study also yeah definitely wars and people who die in wars and you know what that means for our country and that kind of thing so it was pretty interesting sounds like it so that's why two weeks what was your two weeks like (laughs) Well, <laughs> um, we've actually been on a break the past two weeks. Um, I haven't had the children doing any schoolwork or anything like that. Well, I sort of regroup and, and refocus um, to get ready to start summer. Um, it's been kind of a rough two weeks, um, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine passed away. Well, backing up. Um, a good friend of mine was very sick, and um, I decided to put together a benefit for him and um in the middle of putting together the benefit he passed away right and so the benefit became a memorial and um to try to raise money for his funeral expenses and um it was a very all-consuming thing for a little while yeah (laughs) um but i'm happy to report that the memorial went fantastically um so many people came out to support us and and um so much love in the room and everything it was just absolutely wonderful and um i got to experience some things i'd never experienced before i got to watch a man uh hammer a nail into his face whoa yes (laughs) well he uh we had a sideshow performer come out um (laughs) And that was really interesting. And yeah. <laughs> um, I got to find out what it's like to run a bake sale, raffle, and silent auction all at the same time while trying to juggle all the shows that are going on. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, again, like we've talked about, every time we do something, it gives us courage and, and to be able to do something else, right? Yeah, sure. And so when I looked at doing the benefit, I was sort of terrified because I'd never done anything like that before. But I looked back at my past experiences and things I had done, and I thought, how hard, much harder could this be, you know? Right. And then I got to the other side of it, and I went, yes, now I have done a memorial or a benefit, mm-hmm. and I, now I know how to do that. <laughs> so that was kind of nice. Yeah. So, um, and it's, now that it's all done, I can finally relax and, um, and uh, pat myself on the back, job well done. Sure. <laughs> Add that to your repertoire of experience. Exactly, exactly. Um, so... But we are on break right now, but we probably will be going back to work next week or so. Um, I might give them another week off because they did spend a couple of days down at Grandma's, so they they haven't had much time to play their precious Minecraft because they were (laughs) down at Grandma's, and she doesn't have an Xbox down there, so... Oh, horror. Yes, I know. It's all just so awful. I don't know how they survived. (laughs) So um, in getting ready to um, get started again on schoolwork... Um, I just ordered the the summer books that we're going to be using for Jack. I ordered him the Summer Bridge activity book for K through uh, going in from K into first grade. Mm-hmm. I've used that book that book series before with Danielle, and it is excellent. Brightly colored, interesting, fun to look at. Stickers when you complete a page, you get a sticker. Yeah, I think I've seen that. I think Maven had one at one point. And it's very all inclusive. You know, it, it's not really going to require anything else. You know, for for Jack, it won't really require anything else outside just that book, just to keep him moving forward during the summer. Mm-hmm. Right. And then for Danielle, of course, we haven't finished um, her language arts and social studies curriculum from fourth grade, so we'll continue that. In addition, I picked her up the um, uh, Math Made Easy, oh, the, uh-huh. the fourth grade book for review. Uh, have you ever used that? No, I haven't. Oh, also absolutely a fantastic um uh book for summer learning um it's one or two page um lessons and again fun interesting to do get stickers when you finish that kind of thing cool. and um i'll use that to keep her you know 
most of it will be review of fourth grade math, but to also keep her moving forward in math so that, you know, we're not getting behind during the summer. Right, yeah, we're, that's why we're going to continue with math, too. Also because we didn't finish our books. But. Yeah, we didn't finish our math book either, but <laughs> I, I don't think they even do in public school, so I don't worry about it as much. And when they go back to school, like the first few chapters of, well, up until now, the first few chapters of our curriculum for math, it's always been a review of the year before. Right, so you'll be able to skip those. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know what math curriculum I'm going to use next year, so it That's may be true. different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I told you about Math Mammoth. You should check you that one did. out. You did. It's cheap. Need to check it, out. it doesn't yeah. cost much. It's PDF files. Although, you know, the printing will probably could cost a bit, bit but. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so cool. So, um, speaking of summer, mm-hmm. why don't I just segue right into our next segment? Sure. Um, we like to share with you some of our um, homeschooling resources that are out there. And one of the homeschooling resources that I'd like to talk about today is summer reading programs. Mm-hmm. Now, I know a lot of people are of two minds of summer reading programs. I have people who I know who are staunchly against them. They think it's horrific to reward children for reading and that it just that should just never be done. And thankfully, I have something for them, too, actually. Um, yes. Um, but for those of us who are okay with children being rewarded for reading, there are, uh, because I firmly believe, like I've said before, that um, all reading is good. Mm-hmm. Um, all reading, if nothing else, is at least practice. And with practice, sure. you get better. Yeah. And if you get rewarded for doing it, so much the better. Right, right. You know, I mean, we get rewarded for the work we do, right? I mean, yeah. clean, clean house, clean dishes, paycheck, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, you know, why shouldn't kids? Uh-huh. So um, the first place always to look for summer reading programs, of course, is your local library. Most local libraries have um, summer reading programs. Um, and children get, you know, little prizes for turning in their reading logs. Oftentimes there are programs that go along with that. Like uh, here in our library, we have um, the... Oh, the reptile guy. I can't think of what his name is. Oh, are oh, you talking about Tim? Yeah. The, Tim, yeah the, Tim the snake man? Yeah. No, Todd. What am I saying? Not Tim. Tim's Todd. my brother. Todd. Todd the snake man. Yeah. Yes. Todd <laughs> is going to be coming out to the local libraries. Oh, he's um, awesome. We had the, him for Tyrion's birthday party last year. He's yeah, awesome. Exactly. Um, there's got the um, Central Valley astronomers are going to come out to the libraries. There's going to be magic shows. There's all sorts of stuff going on all summer long. I always long. miss the tarantula lady. I haven't seen her yet. I hope she's doing it again because every year I see that that's on the list and I go, oh, we got to go see the tarantula lady, but we miss it. So yeah, and that's one thing. When when summer rolls around, I get out my summer reading program calendar and I start filling in the days, the stuff mm-hmm. you know, when we're going to go over there to participate. Yeah. But if for some reason your local library doesn't have a summer reading program or you you know want to get your child involved in something else, there are lots of other options available. Um, Pottery Barn Kids. You know Pottery oh, Barn? Yes, I do. Pottery Barn Kids actually has a summer reading program. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, where they get um, prizes, including a book, which I think that's the best prize of all for the summer reading program. Oh, absolutely. At the end of it, you get a, a new book. Yes. You can't beat that. I mean, that is just fantastic. So if you have a Pottery Barn Kids near you, you can visit their website to get signed up and to print off the reading list and the tracker, and then just take it into the, short, into the store when you're all done with it and collect your prize. Um, also, Barnes & Noble, of course, has a summer reading program. They read eight books, record them in a reading journal, write what it is about that book that they enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end, after eight books, they can go in and get a free book. Wow, I don't know why I never knew that. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to now, that. If you can stomach Chuck E. Cheese, which I don't know about you, but personally, whenever my friends invite me to Chuck E. Cheese, I automatically assume I've offended them in some way <laughs> um, because I am not a fan of the Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> or John's They're Incredible Pizza, pizza either. Yeah, no, nah, I just, uh, you know me and noise. No, I hear you. I hate it too. <laughs> I am not a fan of noise. Um, but if you are one of those kind of people that like Chuck E. Cheese or your children, you know, are big fans and will do things for Chuck E. Cheese, um, I'll have a link on the website for the Chuck E. Cheese reward calendars. Now, the really cool thing about the Chuck E. Cheese program is it's not just reading. If your kid um, is potty training, if you need to remind your kid to brush their teeth every day or get dressed or whatever, they have a calendar for it. And when they've done, when they've completed the calendar, they take it in and they get 10 free tokens as a reward. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, so that's kind of a nice, and there's like, there is a calendar for everything, and you can do it more than once. You can do it, you know, like once a week. Huh. 
So and can you take those tokens in without buying pizza? Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, you don't have I don't to think buy I've pizza. I've never done that. I don't think you have to buy pizza at all at Chuck E. Cheese. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So there's that. Um, that is at Chuck E. Cheese, and again, I'll have the link on the website. Um, the next one I want to talk about is the Book It program. This is one um, where you don't get a prize at the end as much as you get entry into a contest, which the the prize is a diary of a wimpy kid summer fun prize pack, which has like DVDs and books and all sorts of things in it. If you're one of those people who don't believe that reward should be direct for reading, you know, like getting tokens or a book, right. something like that, um, the Book It program, um, you get entry into a contest. And so you can use their um, reading logs and that kind of thing, but you don't have to turn it in for um, a specific prize at the end. Mm-hmm. And then the last one I wanted to talk about is Book Adventure. Now, the nice thing about Book Adventure is that they do have prizes, but you can set your own prizes, too, as a parent. So you can say, after you've read this many books, then you get to go to the bookstore and buy a new book. Or after this many books, you get to go to the water park or something like that. And they don't just read the books. They read the books, and then they take a short quiz that shows that they read the book. And that's how they get their points. So that's kind of a nice one as well. And I'll make sure I get the website for that one up as well. It's called Book Adventure. It's through Sylvan Learning. And um, they also have a Dog Days of Summer Reading Contest going on right now, uh, which is the new Wimpy Kid book, which I know how you feel about Wimpy Kid books. <laughs> we are really enjoying them over here. Are you? Yay. Yes. I don't think I've ever read them, but I've just never, they've never appealed to me. It's like Captain Underpants doesn't appeal to me. So <laughs> she, she read one of them in two days, which, you know. Oh, well, hey. Yeah, we don't read any books that fast. So um, if she's going to read it in two days, she can have all of them. Yeah, well, yeah, Maven's been doing that with, like, the Guardians of Gahul series, and she yeah. now, now she's doing the spinoff from that, the Wolves for, wolves of the Beyond is the spinoff from the Guardians of Gahul, so she, and she just finished one of them this morning, and she's like, that can't be the end, that can't be the last book, because it just got really exciting. I'm like, don't you hate it when they do that? I know. <laughs> that drives me up a wall, too. That's just mean. <laughs> Or worse yet, when you're reading a series and you're completely invested in it, and then, like, Uh at the end, the author does something horrific. Oh, yeah. You know, something that's completely out of character, and you're like, what? In the, like, The Hunger Games. Uh, Well, I haven't read those. I saw the movie, (sighs) but I have not read those. I read them, and I was, I was, like, uh, I was, like, devouring them, like, each one in a day. (laughs) And then I read the last one, and I was like, what? Wait, what? What? No, this is not correct. I think I heard something like that, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I have not picked them up yet, even though everybody says that they're such great books, but I had heard that the the ending was kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> the first two are excellent, I have yeah. to say. And the third one was not horrible. It just, you know, it was kind yeah, of just... Yeah, it's always disappointing when it doesn't go the way you expect. <laughs> yes. And not so, in a good way. <laughs> so my idea for a resource for this uh, week's show is summer reading programs. They're a good thing. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I know. And, and, and I'm excited because this year Tyrion can participate as a reader, not just a listener. Yay. So yeah, he's picking up books and oh my gosh, he's doing so well. And he's so excited. He's a cute little look on his face when he's reading a book to one of us. He's like, or when we're riding, riding around in the car, he's like, mom, that says whatever, whatever. whatever. He's like reading the signs. And last night he was pointing out all the street signs. He's like, we're on. So I had to explain to him because he thought the cross street was our street. So I had to explain to him, you know, the signs that go this way are the ones that we're on and this is the cross. Oh, well, we just crossed whatever, whatever. <laughs> so it's really That's cute. great. Oh, yeah. He's getting really into it. So that should be really fun for him. I think he'll be real really really jazzed by the prizes and I did discover from last year or the year before we did it from Maven that you kind of want to get you don't want to wait till the end of their program you want to go in and do it as soon as possible because all the prizes get taken up really fast they do like pencils and erasers and cutesy little things at our local libraries and then they have coupons for pizza which Maven hates pizza so that wasn't any kind of reward for her right. <laughs> she'd rather have the glow in the dark pencil or whatever you know actually they had color ta- they had those color those temperature color changing pencils what? yes yeah she loved that she kept it in the freezer all the time <laughs> those are fantastic <laughs> yeah they're really cool so but when we got there at like the end of summer it was like slim pickings she's like I don't want any of that stuff <laughs> and I'm like well I guess we have to do it earlier next year so there you go whatever 
So one thing that we've been keeping an eye on recently is our iTunes reviews. We now actually have three iTunes reviews. Yay! Very, very exciting. <laughs> Yay, us. I know. It's very exciting. So the first feedback that we received was from my friend Vivian at the Sociable Homeschooler, which I mentioned, I believe it was last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, this is a chatty, informative podcast that will charm homeschoolers everywhere. I met Tina. She was one of my first official fans when I was a newbie on Toginet Radio, and it took me years to encourage her to be a guest on my show. She claimed to be mic shy, but she was great when I eventually had the pleasure of nattering with her over a cup of tea. Hopefully I was a teeny weeny bit responsible for the birth <laughs> of her podcast and you need to do yourself the favor of listening to Tina and Becky who are the savvy homeschool moms. Yay, Vivian. Yay! Thank you. Yes, thank you yes. so much. Yes, Vivian. Thank you so much. And yes, she, I, was, I, I emailed her and I said, yes, you were. <laughs> you were definitely more than a teeny weeny bit responsible for this because I was, a, I was, I think I mentioned it before and then she mentioned it. I was a guest on her show. I was her she has like a guest for half an hour of her one hour show. And um, I thought, what the heck are we going to talk about? I'm like so nervous. I don't know what to do. And yeah, by the end of the, actually by minutes into it, I was totally comfortable. So I was like, I could do this. Excellent. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Oh, oh, and I should say Vivian gave us five stars. Yay. Yay. And then somebody named Natdar gave us five stars. Yay. Yay. And said, great homeschool podcast. I listened to the first podcast and can't wait for the next one. Excellent. Yay. Thank you very Yay. much, Natdar, whoever Thank- you are. <laughs> and I'm doing this a little out of order because I want to talk a little bit more about this one. But um, Lindy slash Oklahoma also gave us five stars. Yay! Yay. <laughs> and said, love your podcast already. I do summer homeschooling for my children and being able to find a great homeschool podcast is hard to find. My first time homeschooling my kids was last summer. I would really like to know what kind of books or supplies are best for teaching them. I have a special needs son with autism that I would really like to get him more involved in reading. I was wondering if you have any suggestions. Like I said, I already love your podcast and can't wait to hear more. Yay! Thank you, Lindy. Thank you, Lindy. The first question about what kind of books or supplies are best for teaching them, keep listening. Yes. (laughs) Every one of our episodes is going to be jam-packed full of that kind of stuff. So just keep listening. And check out our website at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. The second one, neither one of us have a child with autism, so we wouldn't really be able to answer that question personally. But we do have, I know of at least one friend. Do you have any other friends besides Janelle that has a child with autism? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. I think just Janelle. Just Janelle. We have a mutual friend who does have a child with autism, So I, and she's fabulous, so I'm sure she'll give us a good response. So I will check in with her and see what I can find out for you. We'll pick her brain for you. Yes. And then I'll, I'll bring that back, hopefully, in the next episode, if I'm able to track her down. She's usually pretty busy. So, um, And then I'm sure on, on some of our forums, there's probably people on some of the groups or forums that we're on. We could probably ask around there, too. So we'll see what we can Absolutely. dig up for you. And also on Twitter, we have a new fan, Jonathan Edge. Yay! Yay, Jonathan! <laughs> <laughs> We've been, actually, I've been talking back and forth with Jonathan. It's been really fun. Um, who has given us a couple of shout outs on on twitter and one thing that he asked was um any chance you two could address homeschooling philosophies a little more that's not a problem for me because i'm digging into it right now so i will definitely be as i dig into other things i will um definitely bring them up on the show because i'm always learning new things um and then when i asked him what specific things he was looking for more info on he said classical waldorf montessori and maybe the focus of early homeschooling repetitive basics versus creativity and freedom well that's a lot of topics that is <laughs> so a lot of topics. i think we'll have to split this up and 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 deal with one at a time um on future episodes because i actually his last one which said also maybe some more on Char- secular charlotte mason my interest was majorly peaked was the one i actually thought i could address this episode Absolutely. Because I am deep into Charlotte Mason right now and learning all kinds of things about her. I'm reading right now the book that I'm reading, which I believe I mentioned last episode, um, is Charlotte Mason's Study Guide, A Simplified Approach to Living Education by Penny Gardner. Charlotte Mason has a six-volume set that she wrote. She lived from the late 1800s to 1923. So it's not easy reading (laughs) and I keep opening it up and trying and trying and there's um and if you're interested in um 
not having to purchase the set because I did purchase the set and now I'm thinking I probably shouldn't have because I don't know if I'm ever going to actually sit here and read. Oh, who knows? You never know. I may actually it, get into it. <laughs> yep, stranger things have happened. Yeah, but um, it is available free online and I'll put a link in the show notes for that. You can read it online. I have a really hard time reading things online, so long things. So short articles I can do, but like a whole six-volume set I don't think I'd be able to do. So I actually bought the set. But this book that I'm reading right now actually breaks down those six books into manageable pieces and uses quotes from her at the same time of explaining what it means. So that's pretty much what I needed. And there's actually also a a website that also translates it into modern language um, bit Mm -hmm. by bit, side by side. Oh, that's nice. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's not as... I think this book that I'm reading right now by Penny Gardner is a little bit better because it organizes it a little bit more, but the one online is free. So (laughs) I'll put a link to that too. So if you wanted to, like you can use that to sit side by side and read the book and then read this, the interpreter. It's kind of like cliff notes for Charlotte Mason, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But this book by Penny Gardner is good because she writes it out in her words as well as bringing in Charlotte Mason's words and kind of, um, tying everything all together so so what is charlotte mason is the big question that i'm sure a lot of people are wondering i mentioned it briefly um last episode but uh so um in the beginning of each one of her books there's a short synopsis which i'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long and it's written in her old english so but i did there was a couple there were five out of there's like 20 um there were five things that really jumped out at me when I started learning about Charlotte Mason education. And um, so those are the ones that I thought maybe I could mention here. Um, The first one is children are born persons. And that to me was like a really big thing because um, I mean, when she was writing this back in the 1800s and early 1900s, this was huge to treat children as actual complete whole individuals. Mm -hmm. So that was like, um, I don't know, that jumped out at me when I first started reading this. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, Another section that I liked um, was that she says that we are limited to three educational instruments, the atmosphere of environment, the discipline of habit, and the presentation of living ideas. Um, And she goes into it more detail as far as... um, what all that means, but I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to sit here and read the whole book to you. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, the habit thing is a big, is a big part of Charlotte Mason education. She's very big on training your children with good habits. Um, of course, a lot of the stuff that she talks about, it's a different time and children were expected to obey without question. So I don't necessarily agree with everything that she says, but the, the idea of building good habits, I think is a really good one. And I've kind of gone back Mm -hmm. and forth with this because like I said in the past, I, I did kind of go towards an unschooling philosophy at one point and, um, and now I'm kind of coming away from that. And I still have lots of friends who do it. And I think it's fabulous for people that it works for. Um, it just didn't work for me. And one of the things that I, that struck me in this was habits like, for example, bedtime, you know, um, putting your shoes away where they belong. That's a hard one for adults. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, you know, in, in some parenting philosophies, it's not, it's not, you know, the child will get to that eventually. I really like the idea of instilling the habits, whether they like it or not, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, not in a mean way, of course, but, Habits, I, I do, I do kind of see when I'm reading this stuff, I do see what she means by habits being like this really important thing because if what, then there's, it frees up their lives to do all the other things that they need to do. They don't have to like learn on their own the long, hard way to, you know, get into the habit of doing whatever, you know, right. I mean, habits could be anything. There's tons, of, you know, and every family has their own values and judgment as to what is important. Clearing the table and, and putting your clothes where they belong and putting your shoes where they belong. Little stupid things that really make a big difference in, the, right. in family the, life. The house moves much easier when people remember to do the little tiny things like that. It really does. It really, really does. And to me, I just couldn't I'm still working on those. There very few of those habits have we fully accomplished yet. Yeah, In fact, I don't, I don't know that we've accomplished any of those as real actual habits yet, <laughs> but we keep trying. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah. So, and she and she has habits also like in her books she'll talk about you know that they need to do what they're told immediately and that kind of thing and for me that's not like I definitely have much more 
modern view of childhood as, you know, they're not little robots having to do exactly what I say when I say they have their own opinions and their own ideas and that's there's value to that as well so i don't i'm not interested in having little trained robots that do everything i say when i tell them to jump but there are definitely times when it's important yes. <laughs> actually a lot of times where it's important that they follow my instructions so um yeah i kind of go back and forth with that but anyway habits is a really big part of charlotte mason education and you can kind of pull and choose and t- pick and choose what you like from from her philosophy as with anything of course mm-hmm. um Another part, big part of uh, Charlotte Mason education is the short lessons. Mm -hmm. She's really big on short lessons um, versus, you know, an hour or two on one subject. She, she, especially when they're little, 15 minutes per subject, you know, when they get a little bit older, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. Once they get to like Maven's age, she's probably ready for like 30 minutes, Um, but which she's 11. Um, And, uh, but she talks about, um, ordering the subjects in a way so that it keeps things interesting and um, alternating them so you don't have like two things where you have to do a lot of writing in a row Mm -hmm. alternating them to keep it interesting and the whole idea here is to keep them fresh keep their mind fresh and I'm not sure how you're supposed to do this but she says you're supposed to switch to the next subject before they lose interest in the last one (laughs) so if they're really really excited about it switch to the next one I don't know (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of weird. I'm not sure how you do that, but no, I'm sure it's not it's not that drastic, but um that you want you want to keep them wanting more. You want them to, you know, close the book, we'll read more tomorrow. Um but no, wait, more. My kids say that every time I close the book at bedtime. No, wait, <laughs> it's bedtime. <laughs> but um that's um the short the the you know, 15, 20 minutes per subject and to alternate like, you know, um, where you're sitting and listening to somebody read versus you're actually doing work where you're writing or, you know, doing an experiment, whatever you alternate the subjects to keep it all fresh and interesting. Um, she's very big on studying the humanities, um, science, literature, history, visual and performing arts, philosophy, religion, ancient and modern languages, that sort of thing. Um, she does think math is important, but it's, Um, not at the expense of the humanities. Mm -hmm. Um, She stresses using living books versus textbooks. Uh Um, Textbooks, especially in her time, and I think that they're a little bit better now, but I don't think, I still think they're pretty darn dry for the Hmm. most part, although there are exceptions to the rule. I mean, there are certainly, I was looking at some textbooks at our charter school that didn't look so quite so bad to me. I was looking at them going, Hey, these aren't too, too bad. You know, they have really good pictures in them at least. Mm -hmm. Um, but she talks about living books, and here's a, there's a really good quote in here about how she defines, and I think this is Penny Gardner's um, definition of a living book, is a living book is one that passes original ideas from the author who is passionate about his subject to the reader. It provides material for intellectual growth and moral development. It continues rich vocabulary and subtle meaning that the reader has to dig for. A living book is one that makes you a better person for having read it. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she was very against what she calls twaddle. So twaddle, which uh, on the, um, I, I'm on a secular Charlotte Mason Yahoo group, and we talk a lot about this on there. And um, we always say twaddle is in the eye of the beholder. Because <laughs> <laughs> one person's twaddle is not another person's twaddle. So, you know, it's all, you know, what you, you know, what what you think. I'm uh, pro-twaddle. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I actually let go of that for a while when Maven was learning how to read because I felt that the twaddle, like you said, is, is she's still getting practice reading. Exactly. So that was, you know, she read the whole, like, like practically the whole Rainbow Magic Fairy series, and that's total twaddle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just crap. But she loved it, and she read it, and it got her practice. And I figured that's kind of like practicing riding a bike. The more you read, the more experience you get, the better you get at it, the more comfortable you are going further. So Exactly. That's yeah. how I'm looking at it right now. Is right. That- Twaddle is good. Twaddle yeah. gets practice. If Twaddle gets you interested in reading and it gets you wanting to read, all the better. Plus, um, I read Twaddle, so I mean. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I, and I also would see it kind of like as junk food. You know, yeah. a little junk food is fine, you know, or, you know, dessert. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, everything in moderation, I guess. Actually, Charlotte Mason probably would say limit the twaddle to as little as possible. But um, but like you said, there's a place and a time and a place for twaddle, especially if you're trying to light a fire under a kid. So Exactly. Um, but anyway, but she would say that you really need to make sure that the meat of their education is with living books. That And I always I look at living books like Harry Potter is definitely a living book. I mean, the Harry Potter characters are so 
you know, there's so much dimension to them and the plots, there's so much dimension to, you know, you really feel mm-hmm. like you get to know those characters and you really, you, you invest in these it characters. Completely emotionally invested in those books. Totally. You know, I mean, there's, those are, you know, cl- modern classics. Um, any of the classics basically will probably be living books. They became classics because of the fact that they have this quality to them, which is, you know, I see some of those books, like the twaddle books I see as flat. And the mm-hmm. characters as flat, like the Bobsy Twins. I loved the Bobsy Twins as a kid. When I read them to my kids, I was like, they never fight. They don't have any worries. <laughs> Nobody has any real emotions other than positive. Occasionally, they might get a little upset. But for the most part, their lives are all hunky-dory, peachy keen. And there's no depth to the characters, like paper dolls. You know, they're yeah. flat. Um, so, you know, that that would be, um, you want to have books that have the characters and the plot and the and the setting, everything just has a dimension to it. And you almost feel like you're chewing it. You know, it's like yeah. really good quality stuff. So, um, and that it feeds your soul. That's a big part of Charlotte Mason is that this kind of these ideas, cause you want to get ideas out of the books, the, the, the books that you're reading, it, they spark these ideas in your head and the ideas when your brain is, is, you know, ruminating over all these ideas and thinking about things and, um, um, you know, just imagining it and everything. This is the way that you feed your soul, and this is like the really the heart of a good education. So this is a big part of Charlotte Mason. Um, and also, she's really big on using narration as a way to versus like taking a test. I guess um, mm-hmm. Penny Gardner says that narration is the mind putting questions to itself after listening to or reading for himself a passage or chapter of a book. The child tells or writes in his own words what he got out of the reading. This requires much more thinking than merely answering someone else's questions. So, you know, writing a short paragraph about what you just, the chapter you just read, or um, Mm -hmm. I've seen some really creative ideas on some of the Charlotte Mason groups online. People use puppet shows. They do, um, you know, do a whole skit, do puppet shows, do um, make little shadow boxes, um, there's just so many different ways that you can do narration or the simplest way is just to ask them to tell you about it. And one of the things I remember reading a long time ago in Charlotte Mason, one of the books that I read about Charlotte Mason was that you make it clear to the child that while you're reading something to them, that you're going to ask them about it later. So make sure that they're, you know, yes. to tell them to make sure to pay attention because I'm going to ask you about it later. Not, you're not going to ask him like, who did this and who did that? You're going to say, what do you remember from what I just read? You know, mm-hmm. something like that. You're going to ask them to say in their own words and there's no right or wrong answer. So you're not correcting them on it. You're just, you know, which that I have a really hard time with because neither one of my kids are really into. Actually, Tyrion's a little bit more. He's a little more open to that. But Maven does not want to jump through any hoops. (laughs) So (laughs) I have to go and dig around and find some other creative forms of narration that would work for her. And actually, one of the ways I think that would really work for her is just to have her draw a picture. I have had her do that in the past, Uh is draw a picture about what we just read about. And then I have something to show the school, also the charter. Right. um, So there's all, you know, other than just oral narration and or writing it down, there's lots of different ways that you can do this. And if you you Google Charlotte Mason narration, you're going to find tons of information on the web about that, too. So this it's not always just you know writing or or telling it's there's all kinds of other ways and yeah um let's see and then the last thing that i was going to mention about her is that she's really big on getting outside in nature nature is like a huge part of um of charlotte mason education is getting out there and like at least 50 percent of their time should be spent outside you know, that kind of thing. Wow. Uh, that's hard when you're living in the middle of a city, especially in the summertime when it's um, triple digits very frequently. Exactly. So I've had a really hard time with that one. But she, yeah, she talks about not just getting out into nature, but like taking the nature notebooks are a big part of her. So they take their nature notebooks. They, you know, they find things like leaves and plants and whatnot. They'll draw pictures with them. I mean, of them. And, uh, they'll um you know write about what they're seeing and like nowadays it would be really cool i think to go, like i have an iphone app which helps to identify trees and birds oh uh, two different iphone apps actually i'll have to definitely put links in my yes um, in the show notes about that i have one the tree one i have never been fully successful with it i it's it's cool though the idea is 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 neat cuz you can say you know this kind of you know does it have 
lobes does it is it point you know are they pointing out they have you know however many leaves on a stem and you know like are they alternating are they side by side or are they alternating you know like all these different things you can check and then it'll help you narrow down what kind of a tree it is uh-huh. oh and the bark on the tree and that kind of thing um I, th- I haven't used it that much, so I, I think that's why I haven't been super successful because I've narrowed it down and I've looked at the thing and gone, no, oh, that doesn't look like it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but the birds one that I have, it's called iBirds, and it's fab. And I think it was like five or ten dollars too, so it's kind of a by iPhone app standards, it was a little expensive, but it was so worth it. I have identified so many birds with that thing, and it has the sounds on it Ooh. as well. Yeah, we've taken it to the park before and and put the sound of the ducks and the ducks respond sometimes <laughs> it's really cool they do a little call and we're like wait is this the mating call i don't want to confuse them you know? <laughs> like, the birds. ducks all going hey wait <laughs> where is she where is she <laughs> but uh yeah that i would i would say a lot of people like to speculate about what charlotte mason would be like in modern days and and a lot of us think that she would love the technology (laughs) so like she would love the iphone apps that you can use to help identify what you're looking at you know and being able to google and discover what you know what is that scat you see there what animal did that come from you know Mm -hmm. that's fantastic yeah it's really cool so you know and they have these notebooks that are that end up being like a, uh, a testament to your child's education. As you go on, you save these, these notebooks and they build up, you know, and you can go back and look at them and see what they learned about and um, past years. And yeah, it's just really cool. We've been keeping um, sketch pads for quite a while. I need to make it a point to take my kids out with their sketch pads to the park. Maven's done it. Actually, she used to take them to the zoo and took, drew pictures of the animals at the zoo. So she's done it, but Tiran hasn't been quite as into that. So that's something I'd like to really incorporate into our education in the fall is taking them out and experiencing nature more yeah so this like i said this is just a tip of the iceberg on charlotte mason it's a little bit more than what i talked about last time um and i'm not super great at explaining all this um so i do have a couple other quotes from this book that i thought were kind of cool that i thought i'd share um oh she says um she she's really big on the idea of children are not just sacks to like like they're not like empty empty vessels to pour knowledge into mm-hmm. she says on the contrary a child's mind is no mere sack to hold ideas but is rather if the figure may be allowed a spiritual organism with an appetite for all knowledge um and then she talks about something called the herbart herb i don't know if i can say this right herbar herbartian herbartian doctrine mm-hmm. which i had never heard of until i read this so i'll have to google that and find out more about it but i found the these quotes on amblesideonline.org they side by side have her 20 principles and then explain them and one of them says herbert's philosophy that the mind is like an empty stage waiting for bits of information to be inserted that's apparently what that means that philosophy um and then she charlotte mason says that in, that puts too much responsibility on the teacher to prepare detailed lessons that the children for all the teacher's effort don't learn from anyway um that's the that's not her words that's somebody's interpretation of her um and she says that children taught upon this principle are in danger of receiving much teaching with little knowledge. And the teacher's axiom is what a child learns matters less than how he learns it. Which I thought that part was really interesting because when I was going to school for child development, a big, big, big thing of what we were taught was it's the process, not the product. So like what I wrote in the little notes on there, process versus product. Wow, she's like ahead of her time because <laughs> that was what we learned back in the 90s when I was going to college that it's like when you're doing an art project doesn't really matter what the outcome is it's what the, it's the process of the actual making right. of the art that's the important part so it doesn't matter if you save the art project unless of course it's important to them of course but <laughs> yeah you know it's the it's the actual process of the learning the process of doing the art that's the important part so that's that's another Charlotte Mason thing and um Penny Gardner also says in her book that um, schools train for jobs and create mass mediocrity, whereas Miss Mason educated in humanities and helped children from all social classes reach their individual potential. Excellent. Yeah. So anyway, there's there's all kinds of this book by Penny Gardner is just amazing. And like I said, there's a secular version of it. The one that I have is the secular version. And um, they've basically taken all of the religious content out because her original 
um, philosophy is she, it's very Christian. Um, and just about anything that you find online about Charlotte Mason is usually Christian oriented. So there's slowly starting to pop up more and more groups and websites that talk about it from a secular perspective. So, um, and I'll put those notes, um, put those in the show notes as well. Excellent. I think I already have shared some of them. So anyway, there, I went on about that way longer than I had expected. <laughs> okay, though. It was really interesting. And, it, and I'm sure that um, Jonathan will really appreciate the information. Yeah, and I highly, highly recommend getting this book by Penny Gardner. Again, it's Charlotte Mason's Study Guide. Um, and it, I think you can buy it on her website, pennygardner.com. It's a PDF file. I think it's like $5 or something like that. Uh, it's not bad at all. Yeah, you can buy it. And then I just took the, I just sent the PDF to Kinko's and had it printed. Excellent. Yeah. So I believe you were going to share something about uh, moving beyond the page with us. I am. And since we're talking about um, homeschool education theories and and how all those sorts of things work together, education Mm -hmm. theories in general, I decided um, to research what the theory was behind moving beyond the page. Because up until now, I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. I just know that I like the curriculum and it worked really well for us. So I thought I would let you know that the theory behind moving beyond the page is called the constructivist theory of learning. Oh, neat. Yeah, I've heard of that. Constructivists uh, view learning as an active process in which the learner actively constructs knowledge as he tries to comprehend his world. Mm -hmm. And what I really like, what I found, was the type of learner that works best with this theory is the self-directed, creative, and innovative innovative learner. Mm -hmm. And that just sort of describes Danielle right there. (laughs) So um, this is the the, um, curriculum that I use with Danielle. And we are currently using the ages 7 to 9, but we did use the ages 6 to 8 last year. And I absolutely adore this curriculum. Now, it is a comprehensive language, arts, science, and social studies curriculum. I do say that I I supplement the science just because Danielle is so science-oriented and so science-minded. If she didn't get science every day, it's entirely possible I'd have a mutiny on my hands. (laughs) And this doesn't do science every day. It does social studies some days and science some days. So we do social, we do science every day, mm-hmm. um, but we also do the science that's in here that goes along with it. And what I really like about it is the language arts is real books. Like this past year, we've read Sarah Payne and Plain and Tall. We oh, read a, a great book called Poppy. Um, we're getting ready to start reading Charlotte's Web. Um, so it's all real books. And then the um, as they read through the chapters, they do I, – I almost – while I was listening to you, I almost think it's kind of what you're talking about with the narrative. They mm-hmm. go into their journal, and depending on what book we're reading, they do a different type of response. Like in Sarah Plain and Tall, she was writing a journal as if she was Anna mm. um, every time after the end of every chapter that kind of went over what happened and what, what her feelings were and those kinds of things, writing a journal page as Anna. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and um, so, and each book has sort of like a different little take on what the journal entries are going to be for um, each chapter. So that's kind of neat. And then um, also the science and social studies is directly tied to whatever language arts book you're reading. So let's say when we were reading Poppy, we did, um, we studied owls, we studied mice, we um, learned about power systems, which I don't know if you've read Poppy, it's... Um, yeah, well, Maven has. So I'm okay, so you know, it, yeah. it's the idea of the owl and everything. Mm-hmm. And so we, we learned about um, power systems, how, you know, when, if this person's in power for this reason, you know, and how things can be tipped and changed. And um, we dissected an owl pellet and that sort of thing. So hmm. the science and social studies is directly tied to the language arts which is lots, I really like that, that everything kind of ties together. Yes. Things aren't all like separate bits. Yes. And um, it's not a ton, a ton, a ton of paperwork. There's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of opportunity to um, to do crafts and to um, really express herself with, you know, what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And every, um, it's broken down into concepts and units. So each year has four concepts. Each concept is broken down into a certain number of units and then a final project. And usually the final project is something really fun, like a diorama or a play or a puppet show or, you know, something like that that shows Mm -hmm. what you've learned. And um, we've really 
had a great time with this curriculum the past two years, and I'm looking forward to finishing it up this the seven to nine this summer, so we can start the eight to ten next year. Um, and uh, that's all I can think of right now. <laughs> that sounds really interesting. I've actually heard a little bit about it from you in the past, and kind of looked it up at one point, and it sounded like something that would be um, something I would really get into too. Didn't you say it was pretty expensive though? It is, um, well, when you're paying for it yourself, it is yeah. a little expensive, um, but they do have ways of making it less expensive. Um, you can do what's called borrowed books, where you basically borrow the, the the reading books from them for the year and then ship them back. Um, you can do it online now. You don't have to buy printed manuals and things. You can do all of it online. Oh, that's nice. And print off pages as you go along. And so that can bring the cost down. Also, like for us, um, this summer, because we had to turn all our books back into the um, charter that we didn't own, mm-hmm. all the reading books for this curriculum we didn't own. Mm-hmm. Um, we had just borrowed them from the charter school, so I had to return all those. So I'm just getting them from the library now. Right, right. And 90% of the time, you can find the books you need from the library. Every once in a while, there's one that's out of print, but it's rare. Yeah. Well, because you can it used- find it on Amazon. Yeah, it uses books that everybody's heard of, you know. Um, um, Last year we we read You're Aboard Spaceship Earth and that kind of thing. Just really easy books to find at the library. Uh And um, it makes it easy. You can just get the books from the library. You can do the work online or you can print it off. And there's ways to bring the cost down. But I have to say, even though it is expensive, I mean, for us, it was a real stretch. Completely worth it. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds really cool. I, I definitely want to look into that a little bit more myself. It sounds interesting. Completely worth every penny that, that we spent on it. Um, I, I feel like Danielle enjoys the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, we previously used just like the state standard um, reading program, and she would get so stressed out because it wasn't a book. It was a textbook with a bunch right. of stuff in it. And she at this point still has a problem with breaking things down into bits and just looking at the little bit she's got to do right now. Mm-hmm. She kind of sees everything whole picture. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was stressing her out to have, you know, this huge language arts book, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so now instead I present her with the book she's reading, with the bookmark cha- on the chapter that she's reading, you know, the couple of pages of, you know, um, from the workbook. And um, it's easy for her to see, okay, this is all I have to do. I have to read these two chapters. I have to make this journal entry, and I have to do these two worksheets. And she doesn't freak out. Yeah, yeah, that's Maven's the same way. She'll be like, that's too much work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend Moving Beyond the Page. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can't say enough good things about it, just like our science program and that I talked about last week. Yeah. Do you know the website for Moving Beyond the Page? I do. It's movingbeyondthepage.com. Well, that's pretty handy. It is. <laughs> and um, we'll make sure we get that up on the website as well so that um, everyone else can check it out if they'd like. And um, if anyone else uses Moving Beyond the Page, love to hear from you, hear your thoughts on it and how you like yeah. it. Are there? Have you found any groups online with people talking about it? Yeah, actually, um, I'm part of a group on Facebook that talks about it, and there is actually a Yahoo group that talks about moving beyond the page. Though I do find that it's mostly people posting things for sale and trade. I haven't um, on the Yahoo group. The um, Facebook group is much more active mm-hmm. as far as discussing, you know, this is what we're doing, this is what we did, this is how right. it worked out, that kind of thing. Yeah, so. I love that. That's that's always been a big thing for me, whatever philosophy or whatever curriculum i'm using there's almost always a yahoo group or a group somewhere out there forums or website where you can right and they have their own forums as well built into their website that you can visit and has a lot of stuff in there that helps so much being able to just talk to people who are in the midst of that specific thing um whatever the topic is and i do have to say when i ordered it um when i ordered it this past year um i had to call them to discuss with them and they were so nice oh nice they were the the gentleman I spoke to. I can't remember his name now because it's been like a year ago. But um, he was super sweet. Helped me with everything I needed. You know, was was polite and knowledgeable, and just was fantastic to work with. Well, that's very good. And I'm assuming this is a secular curriculum. Oh yes, most definitely yes. a secular curriculum. <laughs> Always good to know. For people wouldn't that be using relevant. it otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's but awesome. It's, it's not secular to the point that I don't suppose you, I mean, you could still use it even if you were a, uh, a religious homeschooler. I, right. Right. Yeah. Awesome. 
Okay, well, I think that pretty much covers it. My goodness, we would, we filled up our hour fast. I think we did, but I think a lot of great information in this episode. I Yeah, I feel like I, I only just barely scratched the surface of Charlotte Mason, and I, I feel com- so completely unqualified to talk much about her, too. So I <laughs> definitely re- want to refer people to go read the, read the books, read the websites that I will put on the show notes about it, because, yeah, this is just a tiny bit. <laughs> There's so much to it, so... Excellent. So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends about us. And remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, one word, or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms. And to leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments, you can call 559-426-6670. For links to all the resources we shared in this episode and to view notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. You can also find Becky on the web at beckytatro.com, and Tina can be found at homeschoolrealm.com, and the spellings of those are available on savvyhomeschoolmoms.com as well on our about pages. Excellent. Well, goodbye, everybody. This was a great week, and hopefully next week we'll be able to be back and recording on our regular schedule. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) And be sure to come back and take a break with us again next weekend. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms podcast was brought to you by Powergrammo Skype Recorder, the perfect tool for Skype recording, podcasting, and online journalism, and more. Visit them on the web at powergrammo.com. That's P-O-W-E-R-G-R-A-M-O.com.